All aboard and welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Tommy Casabona. This is the Always Be Booked Cruise Podcast. Let's get into it a little bit, some freestyle action today. I do not have a ton of stuff on the board for you that I've prepared or written down, but I think this is good. I think we should try this out as we kind of march towards the restart of cruising. We are figuring it out, just like the cruise lines are figuring out and the CDC is figuring out what route they want to go, how are they going to compromise, if they are going to compromise, and I think there is good reason to believe that they will. Much like a microcosm of this show, I really want to find out what the place is, where we will be. I know Beatrix was right. Stop making promises. Uh, another person said, you know, uh, well, Tommy, what, you just announced a new schedule and this is what you're doing right now. Guys, you don't need to hear my excuses. My excuses are legitimate. I do grant you that it is annoying when I put out a, you know, any information that's saying that, you know, this is what it's going to be like. That's why you have to just not do that. If I have it in my mind that I am going to do any sort of restart and stick to some sort of schedule, I have to just kind of keep that to myself and then just do it, pr- pr- prove it, prove it to you guys in general. Uh, but here's, here's where we're at. So the restaurant is up and running. I told you I took on this new restaurant. So picture this. Let me lay it down for you. We're going to talk cruising. If you're new to the program, we do start off with a little side note banter. We do kind of get into the off the cuff, maybe stuff that doesn't necessarily always pertain to cruising. But it is the very thing, this is the ironic part, the very thing that will make this an acquired taste to where you may not take to it right away. In many ways, the regular listeners will tell you it's the reason you come back. So quickly, I have a recap. You guys know I opened a restaurant a couple of months ago called The Ainsworth. Uh, Even more recently, in the last couple of weeks, I was tasked with the project of taking on their seasonal restaurant called Salt, which is an absolute monster of a project. Now, the notice that I had time to, you know, the the lead time that I got from when I was notified that I was going to be taking on this new project to when I actually did about six days. So in no way, shape, or form was it, uh, what would you say, realistic for me to be able to train my, uh, you know, the, the person that I was taking my place because I was still going to be responsible for the original place that we opened and I was going to oversee the general manager there. You can't train somebody to take on an operation like that in six days whilst you are getting ready and preparing for a 700-person reservation mon- uh, Mother's Day at this other place that's on the water. So that is the direct, I don't know why, you know, I decided to kind of make these grandeur, uh, you know, predictions and bold promises as to how often, you know, we were going to come at you. I don't know why I decided to do that in the middle of this. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Maybe that was probably the, uh, in retrospect, not the right timing, but here we are, neither here nor there. Um, just very, 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 very busy. I had a day off on Wednesday, which was yesterday at the time of this recording. And um, that was the first I've had in probably two and a half to three weeks. No, not complaining, but, you know, this is what it is. Uh, uh, with pressure comes privilege. I know privilege is a hot button word, but that's an old saying. Prefer- pre- uh, pressure is privilege and pride ain't power. Hey, Tommy, what's with all the P uh, 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 motivational quotes today? 
yeah, you're right. Let's get away from it a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about cruising. Or like I said, I didn't write anything down for this episode, which a lot of times is 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 better, is good. Uh, I have a lot to talk about. We talk about the restart of cruising and what a relationship the cruise industry has with the CDC. It is out of control. I talked a couple of weeks ago about how excited I was and how I felt like, okay, now for the first time, the CDC is negotiating in good faith. They're having conversations with the cruise lines that will lead to the eventual, if not you know, soon, immediate resumption of cruising. And that's what it was looking like when they actually called them up and say, hey, it's go time. We want to get you guys ready, but you got to work with us. We got to make sure your uh, paperwork is in line. Don't tell us. Don't come crying to us and blaming us when we're telling you you can cruise, but you don't have your applications all set up and all your paperwork and everything that we're asking you to do. You know, and, and that's reasonable. To me, that's like, um, that's like when your parent is like, uh, they want to still seem like they're the tough guy, but they're ready to compromise with you, whether it's your teacher, whether it's your parent, anybody in a figure of authority. You know, they, they, they want to give you a little bone. They want to throw out the olive branch, but at the same time, they want to make sure you know who's still in charge. And that's understandable, so that's why I got a little pumped up in that regard. However, two or three days later, that hope was kind of dampened a little bit with the fact that, okay, here are the rules for the test sailings. And here was the key. They told you that people who were fully vaccinated or or, or cruise lines that were going to require their passengers to be fully vaccinated could skip the test sailing and resume standard sailings, okay? Now, if you wanted to not have your passengers be required to get the vaccine, you would have to cooperate with test sailings. And obviously, we know the compromise there. Originally, it was 60 days that you'd get a response, and they changed that much in the cruise line's favor to five days. So we were all happy about that. But then they released part two, which was the, what would you say, requirements and the protocols for which test sailings would occur and then I was kind of pumped up I was like okay well still I get it so they're basically just trying to get people to get uh to to they're trying to force the cruise lines to make sure that these are vaccinated cruises and I again I just have no problem with that I know a lot of people do and I respect you for that and I respect your opinion on feeling like you know what nobody should tell me I have to get vaccinated I just have a different opinion on that I have no problem with the vaccination process okay so that's just me so i was thinking all right no problem cruise lines are being extra tough on cruise lines i mean, sorry the cdc is being extra tough on cruise lines who do not want to be vaccinated or do not want to require their passengers to be vaccinated but then it said to the standard sailings too these tough restrictions these masks around every corner these you know it just was almost like they were you know, after there was such good news, it almost like it was almost like they were pulling back a little bit. You know what I mean? They were saying, "Okay, you're still going to have to do X, Y, Z," and it was a bunch of hurdles and hoops that were going to have to be jumped through. That seemed, uh, or at least made things seem like it was going to be less than likely that cruising would resume anytime soon. You heard uh, Frank Del Rio 
throw his hands up. He's like, while I appreciate the crew, the CDC working with us, uh, this is still a mess. This is still very difficult. And uh, I will not be able to sail in July under these conditions. And you were hearing all that type of thing and all that type of rhetoric. You were hearing carnival. Uh, you were also hearing, uh, you know, that, then it was a, a war with C, with Norwegian and Florida. Okay. So here was the dilemma, which is a very, very interesting dilemma in that, okay, now the CDC is playing ball. All they're asking for is vaccinations. And then you have the conundrum where DeSantis, the governor of Florida, steps in and says, well, no, our state is not going to mandate that vaccinations have to happen. And we're not on board with that. While Frank Del Rio, I, I, I mean, I'm sorry, while uh, Rick DeSantis was initially just a huge, huge ally of the cruise industry. I mean, to the point where, and like I said, the lawsuit, which I thought was absolutely key in moving this whole thing along. The minute, you guys will remember, I remember I said it. The minute this lawsuit was announced, the minute they started talking about legal action and litigation and legislation, I said that that's when things are going to start rolling. Because for one simple reason, they got a case. They absolutely have a case. And when you have a case, you have to be paid attention to. And this is, in my opinion, the single most important reason as to why the CDC is actually, I mean, they were just ghosting. They were absolutely not even having conversations. It was almost like gangster in the way they were like, no. Frank Del Rio writing page-long uh, uh, just just charters to ask, please, we will do this, we will do that. We want to be a part of the restart of the country in July. Everybody, Everything's going to be reopened. We want to join in that. And we really believe that the cruise ships will be the safest place on Earth. It's going to be safer than walking down the streets of your own municipality. Uh, CDC response? No. The only thing that really did anything was the lawsuit. The lawsuit, to me, is what what made this all happen. But then, so, Rick DeSantis is behind the lawsuit, and he's a huge proponent of getting cruising started, and everybody's on board with that. Okay, we're all on the same page, right? Wrong. The cruise lines are okay. Most cruise lines seem like they're okay. You know, Carnival, different story. We'll talk about that. But, uh, you know, as far as, far as, you know, being okay with the vaccine mandate to be able to get back on board cruise ships. It's the its the clearest path to being able to get back to sea, to get back on a cruise ship, is through the vaccination process. That's, that's crystal clear at this point. But Rick DeSantis, it gets political where he says, no, we are not going to mandate our, our residents to do that. So then we're all as, as helpful as he was originally— he had everything take a step back to where now Norwegian is saying, well, we won't cruise out of Florida. There's, here's the thing. He's such a, I love him. He's a smart ass and he's, and he's slick with it too. He's like, here's the thing about cruise ships. They have engines and motors and they can propel to different places. So we don't necessarily have to rely on the state of Florida to be able to cruise again. If you're going to give us a hard time and slow and set back this return to sailing, we're just going to sail out of other places. What do you think of that? And then, uh, you know, 
I don't know where Frank Del. I don't know where Governor DeSantis stands on that. I don't know if it's going to be. Um, I don't know what, what what's going to happen with Florida and whether or not you know the state of Florida, the ports which reside in the state of Florida, are going to have to, or be required to, or even be permitted to mandate vaccines on their cruise ship so that's just still wide open but besides that take a step back you do feel like again i'm a big where there's smoke this fire guy you know and you're just hearing chatter a lot of times you know there's things start around like like people put information out there whether it's government you know i know i know i talk a lot about the ufos (laughs) and i'm not a conspiracy guy i'm really not but you have to see, I feel like the there's a lot of temperature taken. You know what I mean? Temperature taken out there from the government. You know, there's something going on. If you've seen the news at all over the last three months, you're hearing more chatter about what could be up in the sky. What are these things? You know, what are these things? Nobody wants to have this conversation. I believe that. I say that. Why isn't this making the news? The fact that the government is admitting that there are there are unidentified flying objects out there, and there are um, vessels and aircraft that are absolutely on camera and confirmed to be not of this earth. And nobody talks about that. And I believe that it's not because people don't believe it. I believe it's because people just are not ready to have that conversation. Wait, hold on. You're telling me that I got a a, a pandemic out here that takes my life and puts it to a screeching halt for two years, coming on two years. Uh, uh, The the country is basically, you know, uh, on edge. I don't want to say civil war, but our country has is divided. Thank you. Thank the media. But the country is divided to a level where you've never seen this before. Uh, things are expensive. There's a society. There's an apparent societal breakdown in many ways, shapes, and forms. And now you're gonna tell me the little green men are gonna show up? Is this really what I? Now, if you listen to my brother, who is a real conspiracy guy, he's gonna sit there and he's gonna tell you that the government is going to. This is a staged, uh, a staged event by the government. Now, I don't buy that, but I do buy that there is something out there and. The government is just giving you little tidbits of it. And what that does is kind of mentally prepare you for the fact that, you know what, we're going to unveil something big. Now, it does seem as though that there's some sort of control. There's some sort of a conversation because, you know, this should be happening already, right? Like these these things that are being released are, are, are from six months, eight months, two years, four years, eight years ago. You know, if that's the case, then why haven't they, why haven't we made contact? Wow, this went off the rails, huh? You know, new listeners, listen, we do that sometimes, and hopefully you're on board. If not, yes, absolutely. There are other places you can go. I hope you give us a try. Like I said, acquired taste. If you're listening to the show for the first time, it's crazy to think that you're going to get it and be a part of, um, not not necessarily be a part, but kind of like, I, I guess, take in or be uh, receptive to the flow of the show. By the way, you should definitely check out our Facebook page as well. Always be booked, Cruise and Travel Lounge. It's a group on Facebook where we interact with each other, and that's where the community kind of interacts most. We also have an Instagram. 
it is always be booked on Instagram and YouTube. YouTube has ship tours. It has commentary. It has all sorts of stuff. Uh, you might be interested to check out the Always Be Booked YouTube channel and subscribe if you are so inclined. Getting back. So now, Carnival. What they are doing is basically saying July cruises are canceled. All July cruises are canceled except three ships. Now, they're gonna, they think they're going to cruise out of uh, Texas. They think they're going to cruise out of Florida. And I think that's incredible if that's what's going to happen. You would think that Carnival has some sort of inside information as to why they would not cancel these sailings. Because, you know, what is it? The Horizon and a couple of other ships. I should know the ships right now off the top of my head. I do not. Let me do it. Let me let me check it out. I'll do that. But what I'm saying is Carnival. I feel like there is good reason to believe that the Carnival cruise ships will go because of the fact that, you know, why would they? I think after all these cancellations and all these months of continuing to say we're going to sail and say we're going to shoot out to sea and, you know, okay, well, then we have to cancel. And then, you know, maybe we're going to sail. Maybe we're going to get back in the game. Keep your keep your November of 2020 cruise open because we may still sail. We're still selling January of 2021 cruises. We're still selling for, oh, then we're canceling. And then they do that fleet-wide, right? This is the first time you're hearing them. Uh, the, the, the first time you're hearing them cancel cruises for the entire fleet except for three ships. Why would they do that? Now, I think to me they'll look a little foolish if, okay, you know what? False alarm. We're canceling those three ships as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, why would they put it out there that they're canceling the entire month again, but they are confident about these three cruise ships only to cancel them again? So I got to feel like they have real reason to believe that those sailings are going to go. So they want to begin operations with three ships from Florida and Texas. And those ships are the Carnival Vista, the Carnival Breeze, both of them ideally going to be out of Galveston. So Texas really seems friendly. So I guess that's what it is. Texas is definitely the uh, the place. And this is what I'm talking about as far as the schedule going forward. I, I believe that you're going to have to be skeptical of any sailing whatsoever. I do think to a large degree, the entire landscape of what we would call the cruise line schedule will be, I guess, uh, turned on its ear. And so what does that mean? If you have any cruises scheduled in July, August, or September, I would think that, you know what, I would be skeptical as to whether that sailing is going to happen. And if it does happen, will it be any uh, in, in any form of what you expected it to be. I'm talking about different itineraries, maybe even different ships. I have no idea. We'll see. But So then they want to also have the Horizon from Miami. So they got the Vista and the Breeze. I mean, you're talking about the, the newer and bigger ships from Carnival. Now, you're talking about the Dream Class, which is Breeze. That's not necessarily new, but the Vista is on the newer side. And then you have the Horizon from Miami. And that's where they're looking to go. So ideally, that will happen, you know. But Carnival is also kind of hanging in there 
as far as being one of the cruise lines that's saying we're not really down with the whole vaccine mandate situation. So if that is the case, they are going to have to be required to do those test sailings, at least as it looks now. Now you see the CDC. Now what I was getting at before, talking about the CDC giving us hope and then taking away some of that hope, dampening that hope by saying, okay, all these requirements are still going to exist. Whether you're doing a test sailing or not, whether you're doing a test sailing or a standard resumed sailing, these uh, these stringent Stringent protocols are still going to have to be put in play, and a lot of people were very, very discouraged by that. Yet, in a move yesterday, in a move that further uh, gives credence to the idea that the CDC is loosening up, they did say that you don't have to wear a mask when you're outdoors on a cruise ship unless it's in a highly concentrated area of people and what does that mean who knows i don't know i don't think that that is something that was laid out yet i'm trying to think of what they possibly could mean uh as far as wearing masks in in a highly concentrated area and is that a dining situation Maybe, maybe like, you know, if you feel like the standard rule in like outdoors now on regular land, the standard, the standard rule is that you wear a mask all throughout the restaurant, except when you're seated and ready to eat, which, you know, who knows? There's people that argue back and forth. Well, what's the point? What's the difference? What do you, you think people, you think the virus knows whether you're standing or you're sitting? No, I always maintain that it's just doing whatever you can, you know, it's also like the same thing where, you know, like the virus can't catch me in a, in a grocery store, but it can catch me in a on a cruise ship. No, it's just a matter of things that are you have to have certain things. You have to have grocery stores. You have to go shopping. You have to go to the pharmacy. You have to do these types of things. You don't have to go on a cruise ship. So what they're just trying to do is be as safe as possible. By the way, my dad did have uh, coronavirus last week. He is OK. Um He's got, I I guess I would say, and I've never known him to have anxiety or uh, panic attacks or whatever whatever you call that type of thing. This virus affected him heavily on the mental side. He is pushing 70. And uh, in that regard, he was very, very nervous about what this did to him. And that, uh, whatever you want to call them, mental aspects to the virus can manifest themselves in a physical form so it's just another way and another reason that um you know another way this virus can affect people and another reason that i think it should be taken seriously but what i am saying is carnival has i guess a decision to make as far as are they going to mandate this vaccine they've continued to maintain that they're not going to require uh the vaccine from all their passengers i'm not sure about the crew but again, how will that play out? That means at this point, it means that we will see some test sailings going from, uh, you know, go, going, going out of those particular ports, Galveston and Miami. I'm wondering when. So I have a cruise that is booked on July. No, no, I'm sorry, July. Um, October, October 30th. 
and it's a Celebrity Edge cruise. And I'm wondering, it's my first experience that's not one of the big three, as we all know. I'm a big three guy, but I think it's time to, to branch out. This is a deal through youarecomped.com. They are not a sponsor of the show, but they are a sponsor of this cruise, that's for sure. They definitely hooked it up to where, you know, my buddy Chris and I only have to pay a total, I think it's of about, you know, 300 and something dollars for a balcony cabin. And that is based on the fact that I have a history of uh, gambling on cruise ships. Now, I don't know if they're still, I'm. this may be a deal. You know, they, they've clearly gotten less aggressive with the deals that they're putting out because the industry was turned on its head. And the inventory, which used to be vast, is now much less. So now you go try to book a cruise. And that's one of the biggest things. Like, I don't even look up cruises. It used to be one of my favorite things to do, whether I was going on a cruise or not. Whether it's as a content creator or a travel agent, I used to just love to go on various website websites and hunt down sick deals on cruises because you can find them you can mine them you could look and find like i mean just gems of of deals that are out there depending upon you know was this sailing rescheduled was this sailing not selling like they thought it would or you know uh how much inventory is available on this mega ship there were every areas and avenues which you could explore where you could find just i mean to me that's kind of taken away because of the fact that a we don't know when we're going to be able to cruise and b at least at the outset i think my prediction is that in the beginning you are going to see a mad dash to cruising and that's going to give these cruise lines the ability to charge a premium price. You know what I'm saying? But I think that's going to be a wave. In my opinion, that's going to be a serious, serious wave. And it is quickly, after the first few months, it's going to transfer into a huge buyer's market. And I think that, yes, you will have people that are skeptical of cruising. And with all this brand new inventory out there, I think that they are going to be in a mad dash to try to you know they they need to make money so they will voluntarily cut into their profits a little bit to try to just get revenue and i think that's going to cause for a huge buyer's market again not at the outset but on that second wave once the people who are just obsessed with cruising like myself and a lot of you guys once we get through that wave of doing the cruises and you also have to consider what will we think of cruising after the first wave of cruising happens will we be okay with the experience will it be anything resembling like the cruises that we know and love or is it going to be tense is it going to be uptight are we going to feel like we're being watched and you know the masks and the social distancing and all that you know for me i think i will do myself the favor and go into any cruise over the next year or so managing my expectations and knowing that, listen, this is going to be a different type of thing. Yet it is cruising. I am so cruise starved that I am absolutely willing to comply with pretty much anything they tell me to do. However, will I do it again? Maybe not. We'll have to see what that first experience is like. But I'm pumped for it. And that's going to bring me to... So what else? So uh, that that's going to bring me to, I guess, the thing I want to freestyle with you guys. I guess maybe like a little bit of a mental checklist. 
are you ready to cruise again? Are you ready to cruise again? Uh, what type of things, what type of details do you have to go over and negotiate within your own mind that will allow you to basically say, hey, you know what? I think it's time to get back to sea. I think it's time. I know we're, uh, I just think there's a little bit of a checklist that we should go through that will tell you, or I guess at least make you explore or internally, uh, what would you say, um, uh, introspectively look at whether or not you're ready to sail again, and if so, in what way, shape, or form. So the first one is, are you still apprehensive about getting COVID-19? We all know how this thing took over our lives. This was like unprecedented. I was talking to my dad uh, last night again, and I was just like, did you ever, you know, you've, you're, you're older, and you've seen a lot of things. Your eyes have seen a lot of things in this world from the 60s, from whatever. Um, he doesn't go back to the depression or anything like that, but even if it's like you want to talk about the economic crisis of 2008, all sorts of disasters that have happened. Have you ever seen anything like this? We don't know. We don't know in 10, 15, 20 years what this is going to be looked at. Like the kids are definitely going to read about it in textbooks. And then as we get older, it's going to be like us. Like when we hear our stories from our great grandparents about the Great Depression and things like that. And our grandparents, and they tell us, you know, and how it was for World War One, World War Two, and you know that those those things, and what it was like when Kennedy got shot. Things that I don't know about. Some of you may. I do not have the, uh, you know, I don't have the years on the planet to say that I know about that stuff. But when it comes to this, yes, I will. And then when when the kids, you know, forty, fifty years from now, read about it in the textbooks. We'll have to say, yes, yes. Was it a grandpa? Was it as bad as they said it was? What is? What was it like in the pandemic? Would you believe we had? To, I mean, can you imagine just two short years ago? Could you imagine a world where masks were going to be normal? I mean, let's be honest. It did exist a little bit in Asia and we kind of scratched our head. We were like, what the heck are these people doing? They're wearing masks in public. Is that, I remember during the SARS thing, it was almost like, but it's almost like normalized when you get sick as a courtesy to other people, you put on the masks. And I was talking to one of my staff members the other day and we were just talking. And it was like, you know, they, they were under the impression that masks are never going to fully go away. But my question is, what is your mindset as far as, you know, take the, uh, the global crisis factor out of it. What is your personal level of comfortability as far as still catching COVID? As bad as it's been, it has looked better. And this is something that I used to do on the Patreon. By the way, I do have a Patreon. It is an extra two shows a week, okay? Two shows a week. And for $5 a month, you can go to patreon.com slash booked. And you can uh, get extra content, and it's a good way to support this show. It's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash booked. two extra shows a week, and you support this show. But I want to go to um, Worldometer, and I want to find out where we are, because the numbers, for so long, I was tracking them on the Patreon just to kind of give people a heads up and uh, continue to see where we were at. But um, let's go to USA. And then let's go to these numbers here. So yesterday, uh, total 
new cases, 35,000. I usually did it by state. And yeah, I got to tell you, the numbers, I haven't done this in a while. The numbers are way, 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 way down. You have California, which last time I was checking, it was seven, eight, nine thousand new a day. Uh, they're at 11, uh, uh, I'm sorry, 1465 new cases. Texas and Florida were always a leader because I think they were kind of the two states that kind of, I guess, laughed in the face of this uh, disease and not necessarily laughed in the face just more or less like listen it's not taking over our lives and yes they do continue to be very very high no very very high by comparison to everybody else so texas is at 2466 florida is at 3184 and new york which was the leader uh maybe a couple of weeks ago is down to 1989 uh california had a a hundred deaths and then we're just talking about yesterday uh this is just an example of a day so since the last couple of weeks since i've last checked this california 1465 new cases yesterday texas 2466 florida 3184 new york 1989 now these are still high numbers where you have to take them seriously but when you're talking about a couple of weeks it's out of control and there's been nothing going on besides if anything, more restrictions being lift, lifted. So this just has to say something for the vaccine, I would say. So wherever we're going to be, I would say it's just important for you to decide what your risk level is and what your tolerance for that risk. I would say if you are one of those people who do have a, a, an elevated risk of catching this disease, whether it's because you're elderly, whether it's because you might be overweight, whether it's because uh, you have an underlying condition, whatever it is, if you have an over, overly high sense of concern for catching this disease, in my opinion, it makes sense to wait. You know what I mean? There's going to be time for you to get on a cruise ship. There's going to be time for you to sail. I would just say maybe you wait it out a little bit more because there's going to be things that happen. There's going to be people who do not take that. That's the thing. There's going to be people who do not take this very seriously and they're going to be wanting to get back to normal. And, you know, for a lot of people, it does get political. So have you ever been around those people who are offended when you want to be careful? Like, I don't have a high, I am va- First of all, even when I did not have the vaccine, I managed myself at the level that I wanted to manage myself at for in terms of, you know, I did wash my hands before I ate every single time. I did try to wear a mask in any concentrated group of people. I did all that stuff. You know what I mean? I, I, I did. You know what I mean? I wasn't a psychopath about it. Maybe for a little while I was. I would say while I was in Florida. You can't call me a psychopath about it if I'm you know, running a restaurant with hundreds of people in it at any point. But even through that, I would just try to stay as tight as possible. I would just try to be as careful as possible. At this point, I'm not vaccinated. I am vaccinated now and I did have coronavirus. So I feel like I'm in pretty good shape. But at the same time, I am not going to... uh, if, if anybody wants me to put on a mask and they're more comfortable with me with a mask, I'll put one on. If you want to wear a mask, if you want to stay distance, I have no issues. And I think it's pretty selfish to, 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 to feel like you should be offended or take it personally when someone continue, wants to continue to follow the safety protocols. It's, why is it? It's not personal. 
Okay. So just let that happen. But what I'm saying is, you know, examine your level of comfortability. If you are going to be nervous, if a stranger comes rolling up and starts talking to you, yeah, I would say, you know what, probably don't go on it. Cause I would say that, you know what I mean? You shouldn't be on a cruise ship at that point. Wait it out. Wait till the cases go down. Wait till this thing is less of a threat. Wait till you're vaccinated. You know, those types of things. Because people are on cruises. People are going to have fun. People are going to have drinks. People are going to let that mask slip to around their chin. People are going to want to have conversations with you. And if you're not comfortable with that and you think that you are going to be protected from that, in many cases you might be, but there are going to be those cases where, you know, that six foot four, you know, the guy from Oklahoma who really does never even dealt with this thing because not Oklahoma, but just pick a state where, you know, there really never was much of a threat. They don't understand. They didn't go through what you went through in your state, your highly populated state with all the, you know, the, 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 the. The mess and the death and all that stuff. They just don't get it. They At no point do they get it. And then you're going to get you conspiracy theorists that think it's not real. You're going to get all those things. If you're not comfortable or if you have any sort of trepidation about that, I personally would wait this thing out a little bit more. So examine your level of uh, apprehensivity as I make up words and carefully carefully give some thought as to whether or not you should be on a cruise ship or not um are you okay with fewer options so if you want to get on a cruise a lot of times people have these and i'm one of them they have these specific demands of what ship it's going to be what port they're going to leave out of how much they're going to pay and which itinerary which, which ports of call are they going to be hitting and i totally get that when we cruise at first, you know what I mean? Like we talked about a couple of months or a month ago or so, and we talk about these first couple of sailings that are leaving out of Nassau or St. Martin or Bermuda or wherever. Uh, you know, you got to be okay with Adventure of the Seas. You know what? It's a great ship. It's not Oasis of the Seas. It's not the Celebrity Edge. It's not the Norwegian Bliss. It's Adventure of the Seas, okay? It's a perfectly good well-functioning cruise ship with everything you need, but it is not going to blow you away with bells and whistles. There are certain people out there that when they book cruises, I want the newest, the best, the biggest, the baddest. That's what I want. But, you know, are you able to be uh, comfortable and happy just going on an adventure of the seas cruise? My hand is raised right now because I would absolutely love to go on a cruise if it was the adventure of the seas, if it was freedom of the seas, if it was, uh, you know, a symphony of the seas, all of them. I'm happy to go on any of these cruise ships because I'm a junkie. But are you at that same level? Same thing with um, ports of call. We still have not established what that's the next thing. We still have not established what ports of call, which uh, let's just say uh, governments, municipalities, uh, the, that are that are that are that are basically their own sovereign nation that we don't have control of. The CDC cannot tell you what's going to go on in St. Kitts. The CDC can't tell you what's going to go on in Cozumel. You know what I mean? These municipalities, while yes, they are highly motivated to have you come back, they have not been in the position 
to be forced to decide whether or not they want 3,000 given uh, on a given day, 3,000 cruise passengers storming their ports. Now they have to make these decisions. And what that comes with is probably some altered itineraries. You're going to see heavy private island cruises. You might see cruises to nowhere. You might see these types of things. Are you okay with fewer options in terms of where you can cruise from? Right now, like I said, the schedule could be out the window. All we're hearing about is Texas and Florida. More specifically, Galveston and Miami. Okay? Are you okay with driving to Texas if you were, or flying to Texas or same with Miami? A lot of people cruise out of New York, cruise out of Baltimore, and cruise out of out of uh, Charlotte because in Jacksonville because they don't feel like flying or doing any road trip. It's because it's there in their backyard, especially New York. I know New Yorker cruisers very rarely cruise out of anywhere besides New York, and that's just a thing. If, you, if you're a cruise junkie and you're used to cruising out of New York, cruising is open now, no problem, but you got to go to Texas. You got to go to Miami. Are you okay with that? Are you okay with fewer options across the board? Um, here's, here's one that we don't want to talk about. Are you prepared for the worst? Now, we talked about, in general, um, what happened when this thing first broke out. And I think one of the reasons why it's so difficult to get cruising back into play is because of the role that cruising had in the origin of this disease. Now, yes, you can make the argument, and it's a good argument, and it's a true argument that basically these cruise ships that had to deal with corona are just like these cities that had to deal with corona. Just like New York, just like LA, just like Italy, just like China, all these places that, you know, that were kind of blindsided by this disease, by this virus, the cruise ships that were were the same thing. In every way, shape, or form, to me, cruising is a microcosm of society. And it's a microcosm of, basically, uh, you know, what, what you deal with on the, in your regular day-to-day on a smaller scale. So the point of that is, to me, as bad as it was on a lot of those princess cruise ships and things like that, and even the uh, Holland America, you know, a lot of people were displaced and a lot of people were floating around the ocean with no end in sight. And I totally get that. And that got to the point where, I mean, honestly, I mean, it, you run a cruise ship, you know, people, there's a lot of anxiety. I get it. But, you know, you, you, you're, you're fed. You're okay. I don't know. For me, what, what, so the, I'm, what I'm saying is prepare for the worst, right? What could happen? There could be an outbreak on your ship and then... Nobody wants that ship to dock and nobody wants to take that ship in. Now, is that a thing where you may end up getting trapped at sea for a couple of weeks, three weeks, this and that? Nobody wants that. I totally understand that that's a bad situation and a bad scenario. And I also believe that at this point in the game, it's a highly, highly unlikely scenario. I don't think we'll be doing dealing with that. But let's just say Adventure of the Seas goes out. You leave out of Nassau, and now you're floating around the Caribbean. Somebody, oh, we got a case. Oh, we got two cases, three cases, 30 cases. Uh-oh, there's 85 cases on board, 15 crew member, and now 
it's an issue. Now you're not going into Miami, you're going back into Nassau. And will the Nassau government say, well, we're not allowing this ship to come back. You guys got to figure it out. And then is it going to be a two-week process? Oh, we got one death, we got two deaths on board. Here, third person died today. That type of scenario. I believe that is so highly unlikely for that to happen. But are you going to be thinking about that? Or is there any scenario where it could happen? I would say you have to at least mentally prepare for the remote possibility that in that case, if that is your absolute nightmare, if that is a situation where you're like, oh my gosh, I'd rather kill myself, which I say that exaggerating, but not exaggerating because some people did. You saw that happening with some crew members, which again, I'm not trivializing anybody's experience. I just don't get that. Like, is it, was it that bad? You were with like-minded people. You're with your coworkers. You're being fed. Yes, you have to be careful. Yes, you have to quarantine. And yes, you have to, I mean, to me, you know, I mean, I quarantined for two weeks. I know, granted, I'm a little bit of a, of a, of a recluse sometimes and I'm very very content to kind of be on my own and kind of like you know for an extended period of time I'm, I'm kind of built like that a little bit I can do that and not everybody is but you know everybody was quarantining everybody was shut down I think people forget when this thing first started happening how much of a quarantine it was remember around you know, around Easter when it was like, you know, you are not supposed to see it or do any anything. You're not supposed to see anybody. You're not supposed to go anywhere. Or you got to go to the grocery store. You better be in a hazmat suit. You know, that type of thing. And there was a thing where online where you would get shamed. Like if you got together with four relatives, it would be like, how dare you? You know, so it was at a level where it was just zero tolerance. I think a lot of people forget that, you know, and it quickly went to, and you know what it was? It was clearly when the, um, the George Floyd thing happened and then the protests and then the subsequent, you want to call them riots and whatever else it was going on. That's when things started getting crazy. And then, okay, everybody was like, well, I guess we're open. And then things loosened up. Yes, we were still closed in many, many areas and many, many things. And many of our freedoms were taken away from us still, but it, that's when it became from that. That's when we rose out of that psychopathic, just, okay, nobody go anywhere or risk being publicly shamed forever. You know what I mean? Just sit. Just do not like even, you know, I was brainwashed for that, but not brainwashed, but I was drinking that Kool-Aid too. Like even if Kay was going to go go in a room with three friends somewhere and, you know, play cards, I'd be like, are you sure that's a good idea? You know what I mean? That type of thing. But uh, either neither here nor there. That's just a separate thing. The, this point on you know that mental checklist as to whether or not you're prepared to cruise again, to me is about you know should you paint yourself a picture. Like for me, I can answer that. I can tell you right now that if I had to quarantine on a cruise ship for two weeks and I got my meals slipped under my door, whatever it was, I could do that for two weeks. I'm not telling you I'm that much of a cruise junkie that I would actually enjoy it. No, I would not like it. It wouldn't be great, but it wouldn't be my nightmare scenario. For many people, that would be their nightmare scenario. So do you want to give any thought? Or maybe you're at the level where you just think that that's no chance of that happening. And maybe there's not. 
you know what I mean? But I think it's worth negotiating that, that in your mind and having that conversation with yourself. If a worst case scenario happened, would you be able to kind of deal with it and handle it? Um, what else? Will you re- respectfully comply? Okay, this is a big one, and I'm not going to win this one. We are not going to get to a place where I know people are going to be like, okay, you know what? I'm going to get on this cruise ship, and I'm going to be respectful of everybody's wishes. There are going to be people walking around that thing in every corridor with their mask around their chin, calling everybody sheep and laughing at people who wear the masks inside and outside. And people, some people are going to want to wear their mask outside. There's going to be people that laugh at them for that. Uh, And then I already feel terrible for these security personnel because you're going to see the video. The videos are going to come out where the guy's going to be drunk. He's 6'3". He's not used to people telling him no. And he's going to have this 5'9", Filipino security guy come up to him and tell him, no, you have to wear your mask. And he's going to say, I paid my money for this cruise. I don't have to wear shit. And you're going to deal with that. And there's going to be little skirmishes and scuffles. And that is sad to me. I I, I don't want to be pessimistic about that. I think maybe for the most part it will stay under control. But you will have your instances where people do, you know, anytime. Anytime there is new legislation, there are rules and regulations, there is the question of freedom and human liberties and alcohol, you're going to have some issues, okay? That's just is what it is. I beg of you, if you're listening to this show, if you are a hardcore, right-wing, gun-toting, fist-pumping, chest-pounding, conservative Republican, which I have zero problem with. You guys know I don't have any problem with any of that stuff. I'm not stereotyping that. I'm not throwing out there like that's a caricature of 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 the deplorable. I'm not saying that. That's for me, that's like okay, do you. But if that is you, can we just comply on the cruise ships? Can we say okay when we, can we reluctantly put our mask on when we're supposed to put our masks on? Can we uh socially distance when we're supposed to socially distance? Can we uh have respect for those who may not have the same opinion as you. Can we do that? If we can't do that, and if your mental inventory tells you you can't do that, I'll lose this one, but I ask you, tis not cruise yet, please. You're just not ready. And in that regard, can you show patience? It's almost the opposite. Can you understand that there are going to be those people out there who do not, give a crap about any of these regulations any of these rules are you able to identify those people and then find the other side of the ship you know what i'm saying you are going to deal with those people there are going to be people out there who do not or never have respected any of the um horrible things that this disease can do can you find a way to not just escalate that situation. Can you see, okay, that guy is one of those, you know, he, he's not going to respect my my opinions on this thing. He's not going to socially distance. You know what? I'm going to go out of my way. I could tell you right now, I would. I would walk I would walk right away. If I was that, if I was the type of person who is, a, not, 
shouldn't say psychopath. I say psychopath about everything. I say psychopath about it. It's just an expression. But if I'm the type of person that does not want to deal with any of the risk and I reluctantly go on a cruise ship and I'm still hypersensitive about all things COVID-19, I could tell you 10 years ago, I would not have handled it in mature in a, in a mature way if somebody came up to me uh, being obnoxious about that. I can tell you today, if I saw that guy, I was like, okay, that's the guy, that's the girl, that's the person, whatever, I'm going to stay away from. I'm going to, when they're over here, I'm going to go over here. It's a big ship. I have plenty of uh, opportunity to be able to enjoy other parts of the ship. You, What do you want to say? You want to say, well, no, stand up for yourself. No, you know what? I, I'm fine. I, I did I did all that tough guy crap when I was in my 20s and 30s. Now at this point in my life, I am perfectly happy. It's okay. No problem. I'll see you later. Walk away and go to some other point in the ship. You know what I'm saying? Uh, can you deal with higher pricing? Uh, less wheeling and dealing. I mentioned that before. You know what I mean? You used to be able to uh, look up three, uh, let's call it Voyager cruise uh, class cruise ships in anywhere from Port Canaveral to Miami and you used to be able to work them against each other going on pretty much the same itineraries and you could basically hustle and find a sick price a great deal because there was just so much inventory now we do not have to have that same scenario so we got to deal with it uh and the last one I have is you are going to I guess what would you say cruises for me I would always like to do a healthy mix of hanging out with the people that I came with and meeting new people. That was always one of the funnest parts of cruising for me, obviously hanging out with my friends, but meeting new people that I still talk to today, that I still stay in touch with today. It's clear that on these next set of sailings in the immediate future, you're going to have to negotiate that, that a lot of that is going to be taken away. Of course, you can still meet people, but the percentages are going to go down. You are going to be more, I guess, what would you say, con confined to having to deal with the people that you're cruising with. You're going to have to sail with your friends, experience things with your friends. And yes, you will meet people and make friends, but there will be some obstacles in front of you as it pertains to that. Obstacles that in many cases you'll break down, but anytime there are more obstacles, the percentages go down, and to a certain degree, it's going to be more about who you sailed with. So that's something I think you have to get ready for as well. We do have a couple of emails. The first one I see here is from our buddy down in Sacramento, aka Sacktown. Uh, the very, very charismatic Juan Valdez. Uh, Juan says, hey, Tommy and Cones, you were mentioning cool parts of Orlando. I got to give a shout out to Winter Park. This is a super nice, uh, this is a super nice half day when visiting Orlando. A great glimpse into a beautiful Florida lifestyle. The drive is a short 20 to 25 minutes from Universal or 35 minutes from Disney Springs. When you arrive, head over to the scenic boat tour, glide through canals, take big uh, to big lakes with amazing mansions. This tour is inexpensive and very nice. After the boat tour, walk to the shopping and dining area for lunch. I promise that you won't be disappointed with this classy break from the amusement parks. Did you ever make it over to Winter Park, Tommy? 
stay booked. <laughs> I love the stay booked. One always introduces something cool. Uh, stay booked. I like that. I like the last email where he broke down the different types of ports of call and you can kind of basically list them. You know, that helps when you're selling travel, to be honest with you. You know, when you were talking about those ports and what, 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 what Juan did was break down what type of port, whether it's a private island, whether it's a just kind of like not necessarily a private island, but still basically just a one-stop resort destination, whether it's a um a major city, you know what I mean, like a like a like a like a Saint Tom, like I'm sorry, like a San Juan or a Saint Thomas, you know, different types of ports, and kind of broke them into four categories. I really like that. This time, Juan talks about Winter Park, Florida. Winter Park is exactly what Juan describes, and I never made it to Winter Park to hang out or to party, and I never made it to Winter Park to do any tourist stuff. I was in Winter Park once, and it was not when I lived in Orlando for two years, a couple of years ago. It was way back when I was living in West Palm Beach, and I was bartending at uh, Bar Orlando in downtown Orlando. And my friend, who was the manager there, I was just staying with him that night, and he lived in Winter Park. And that's it. But while I was in Orlando, you heard so many great things about Winter Park. And what it is, is basically residential. You know what I mean? You're not dealing with the heavy, heavy tourist element of most of Orlando. And yes, if you were looking to build a business, like let's just say a restaurant or a retail location or even an apartment complex, anything, Winter Park to me, you wouldn't even call it up and coming. I wouldn't even say it's up and coming, but it is a very, very what you would call suburban option, a very, very normal town USA type of a scenario with elevated dining, elevated entertainment. It's just, it's it's a nice place to visit, like Juan says, uh, even more so, a nice place to live. So 100%, I'm through Winter Park all the time. Like whenever I take the train, which is often, uh, always passing through Winter Park. It has its own Amtrak stop, and Juan makes a great point. Now, I don't know, Juan, if you have a vacation in Disney and you're all about the parks and you're all about that type of thing, I don't know. I may I may wonder whether or not Winter Park is a worthwhile destination. I may push back on that a little bit. I think it's a great place. I think it's wonderful. I think there were so many times I almost went to went, went to Winter Park because so many restaurant recommendations came uh, in the way of Winter Park. But if you're in Disney Springs, if you're in Kissimmee, and you can't get enough of the parks and you want to park hop, you know, do you want to take that drive to basically what is just a really nice suburban town? I don't know. Maybe you do. Um I'm just kind of, you know, Juan says one thing. I'm just kind of playing the devil's advocate side of it. I'm interested in hearing what you think about that, Juan. Do you do you really think the family that wants to really immerse themselves in the park, Universal, Harry Potter World, all that stuff, Legos, and they want to, you know, hit I Drive and do the Orlando Eye and, you know, take all those rides and things like that. Do they, do they, is Winter Park, should that be the 25-minute drive, should that be on the itinerary? Maybe it should. Let's talk. Let's talk about it in further detail. One, Travis, Travis Barker, cruising back to cruising on the Mardi Gras. 
Hey, Tommy, love the podcast and other social media. We're from northern Wisconsin, so we are the furthest thing from the sea or cruising in general, so you definitely give some relief on that a need. The wife and I just got married in October of 2020. She's 27 and I'm 31, and we're ready to have some fun on the deep blue sea again. With COVID, we weren't able to do the honeymoon we wanted right after getting married. So while we were both quarantined around Labor Day last year, we broke down and needed a little cruising therapy. So we booked a seven-day Western Caribbean on Carnival's Mardi Gras, leaving Port Canaveral on January 22nd, 2022 to celebrate our honeymoon. We are headed down the Thursday before and staying at the Radisson at the port. I am looking for the fun spots to check out. You seem like you, you seem like your style of fun and ours line up pretty well. We want to have some drinks, music, and good atmospheres. We have the whole day to fill in Port Canaveral on that Friday before the cruise. There's three port stops on the itinerary, Cozumel, Costa Maya, Mahogany Bay. We have a few things figured out. But they are way. Well, we are open to suggestions at any of those places as well. Our plan at Costamaya is to definitely get into town, Mahanal, to find a hangout there. Any past experience or places you would like to check out as well are greatly appreciated. Hell, even would love to hear if you have any plans to check out the Mardi Gras. I'm sure this will be the hot ticket ship to cruise on, and this itinerary will be pretty popular. So I bet there will be a lot of other listeners that would love to hear your thoughts. Thanks again, man. Keep on uh, keeping on. There's light at the end of the shutdown tunnel. Travis Barker. Travis Barker. Um, absolutely. Uh, I appreciate the email. I appreciate you listening. And yeah, I would probably say just by your tone and your email in general, our styles of fun are probably lined up pretty uh, similarly. All right. So first and foremost, you're going on the Carnival Mardi Gras. Yes, that will be the hot ticket. Yes, I absolutely said I kind of wanted to get away from mega ships, but Yes, this is 100% an exception. There's just way too much on the ship in the way of aft pools and things like that to want to pass it up. There's just the beautiful aft. There's a couple of different aft pools that you can enjoy. There's the whole waterfront district. There's all all that stuff. There's a, a bunch of things on Carnival Mardi Gras that are absolutely having me kind of say, you know what? I say stay away from mega ships a little bit, but I'm ready to try one in the form of Carnival Mardi Gras. Uh, where are you going? So you go. So for the day, first of all, in I would say the bad news is oh, Port Canaveral. You're really just it's about the ship. You know what I'm saying? It's about the cruise. You're not entering into some high level entertainment district in Port Canaveral. You said you have a full Friday. Honestly. I may just enjoy the hotel. I may just be getting ready for the cruise. You know, rule number one in cruising and vacationing in life to me is don't force it. Uh, if Unless you are ultra ambitious, you may want to go see some of the parks. I would say if you're going to do anything, if you're going to do anything, go to Universal. You know what I'm saying? You don't even necessarily have to go in and buy a Universal Studios ticket. You can go to City Walk. If you feel like buying a ticket, feel free. But if you go to Universal City Walk, you can be entertained all day long with good food, good dining, uh, some live music. There's a giant, beautiful movie theater there. There's a uh, incredible karaoke spot. There's nightclub t- style stuff. The Universal City Walk is kind of cool. Now, mind you, it's like 45 minutes to an hour away. 
if you want to stay in Port Canaveral, again, options are limited. You have Cocoa Beach, right? So you have that whole area right there. There's some decent food and dining. There also is, um, you know, what can you do? You can... You can you can go to Cocoa Beach. They also have the uh, port. Uh, what is it? The Cape Canaveral, the Space Center. You can go there and get a cool tour of the Kennedy Space Center. I believe it's called. And you know uh, that's on that's on my bucket list. I'm not like hell bent on doing it. I got to do that next time I'm there. But yeah, it sounds the Kennedy Space Center seems cool. You could take a big huge tour of that. Um, what else? I don't know. Like, that's the Ron John Surf Shop. See, that's where you're grabbing at straws here. Everybody says the Ron John Surf Shop. While I've been there, and it is a very impressive store, it's a freaking store. You know what I mean? Anytime you're putting a store on the list of attractions for a particular place to go, you know, you're kind of grabbing at straws a little bit to me. Uh, what else? Uh, you do have those little bars that are right near the port that I always love to go to. I've driven out there just to go to those bars. You have uh, fish lips. You have grills. And at, as you sit there, you kind of can watch it, uh, get a beautiful view of the cruise ships leaving. And they have nice little uh, seafood entrees and, and seafood appetizers as well as, um, as, well as uh, uh, live music. So that's an option as well. Uh, other than that, you know, if you're staying at the Radisson, it's probably a cool hotel. Maybe enjoy the hotel, you know, maybe a simple dinner on the town. You know, if you want to get ambitious, yes, you can always get ambitious. You can go into the parks. You can go to the greater Orlando area. You can go to Kissimmee. You can do that. For me, if you're feeling ambitious, I would go to City Walk over by, um, over, over, over by Orlando. It's a little. It's 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 in Orlando. It's not in Kissimmee where the parks are. So I think it's a little bit better of a drive, if I'm not mistaken. That's just what I would do. You can spend the whole day there, enjoy yourself immensely. You could also go to the park in City Walk. You could also go to. Um, you could also go to go to um, that water park, the volcano. Something about the volcano. That's also part. That whole little Orlando area is kind of cool. You could do some go karts if you want to go that route. But you know, in Port Canaveral, Greater Port Canaveral area, where you're talking about the you know 15 minutes radius driving, there's not much there except Cocoa Beach. That's it. Um, your ports of call. What did you say? So you said uh, where are we are. Where are we going here? Okay, Costa Maya. For me, you said you're going to go into town in Costa Maya. I didn't know there was such a thing as that. I'm sure there is. I don't know everything, so I'm sure that place that you're going to go to is cool. For me, Costa Maya, if I was ever going back there, I would go back to the port area. They have the swim-up bar. They have a ridiculously cool, and I forgot what it's called right now, but it's that thing where, you know, it's an old traditional Mexican ceremony where they travel up a freaking pole and they spin around on a pole connected by nothing but rope and they're a couple of stories high and it's this crazy ritual ceremony that they do and that was the treat for me at Costa Maya. I thought it was really, really cool. Also, it was really cool drinking at the swim-up bar as one calls it a swim-up urinal, which cracked me up. Uh, enjoying just the immediate port. There's not... Costa Maya is a, a, a man-made area. It's man-made for the cruise lines. Okay, so there's not a ton to do. But 
if you if you could see it from your cruise ship. So when you pull in, go to the top deck of your cruise ship, and you could see a really cool water park that's not far away at all. The water park's really cool. You can do some cool zip linings, uh, zip lines. That's my thing uh, for Costa Maya, uh, Mahogany Bay. Man, I, I don't know. I, I hear the diving is ridiculous there. I hear the beaches are ridiculous there if you want to kind of travel. But similar, uh, there's not a, a bunch of stuff that hits you right in the face when you get off that ship. It's a little, it's a cool little cruise port um, shopping area. You could do a zip line. The zip line there is cool. Do the zip line. Right in port, they have this zip line. I think it's called, what's it called? The... Um, flying monkey or something i forgot what it's called but you can't miss it you just walk that shopping area right off the ship and you can do a zip line but yes you can find ridiculously cool beaches there and i think you could do some really really cool diving in mahogany bay um cozumel is a world is a world of options for you depending upon how ambitious you are for the first two or three times i went to cozumel i hung out in cozumel got a moped drove around the island um they have resorts there so if you like an all-inclusive all-day resort they have um uh, mr sancho's over there they have a bunch of options where you can kind of um you know just just chill out for the whole day pay one price swim drink eat as much as you want on the beach snorkel things like that what's the other one uh mr sancho's and I forgot the, it's been so long you just don't hear about him anymore what's the other what's the other famous resort on cozumel that everybody goes to uh it's bothering me it's just see we're out of cruise shape you know what i mean we're just out of shape here we just don't hear about these things when sailings are going on somebody was always in cozumel and somebody was always on somebody's show whether it was sherry's or doug's or anybody's show you would just hear them talking about these port these attractions and you just you know they were on the tip of your tongue for so long and then now there's no cruising so you start to forget them and they become out of sight out of mind and that's a damn shame but so Cozumel, you could just chill, drive around on the moped, see the island. It's really, really cool. Or you can go on the island to one of the all-inclusive resorts. One of them is Mr. Sancho's. Uh, the other one is something else. There's cool places to eat, drink, uh, shop, things like that. If you want to get ambitious, you take the ferry into Playa del Carmen. And at Playa del Carmen, you can chill, go to a beach, uh, check out um, uh, 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 caves. You can... You can uh, um, kayak through caves things like that uh, go to some beautiful beaches or if you really want to get ambitious which i think everybody should at least once you go to some of the ruins you know you have basically you have chichen itza which is the one that everybody talks about which is the most pristine the most well-maintained the largest tourist attraction in mexico when it comes to any of those ruins that is the place to be for the ruins uh you also have an option which is tulum now if you want to combo your ruins tour your pyramid tour whatever you want to call it um with uh with, with the beach tulum is the place to do it all of these you got to go like chichen Itza is the furthest one Tulum's pretty far, but like I said, you get the the ruins and you get to see some of the um the the Mayan ruins, but you also get the beach. It's right there as well, so you get a combo there. And then for me, 
the one we went to was Koba. Those are ruins as well. But what you get with Koba is, and I don't know if they're still going to let you do it now, but we got to climb the ruins. You know, we didn't get the beach. We didn't get the sick, I mean, rest restored, beautiful, picturesque ones that are in Chichen Itza. But we got re- a, just a really good tour with a really good tour guide. And he gave us a lot of cool information. And we toured the whole park, and then we were able to climb, which I like. You know me. I'm always about that elevation. And then um, what else? If you're going to do that, I fully recommend comboing that with a cenote, which is an underwater cave which has uh, basically a a reservoir, a a, a river through it. So you got to go down a huge flight of stairs into a cave, and it's an underwater, basically a river body of water in a cave it's it's really really cool and it's just a a, i mean it's just you're surrounded by like limestone and spamoglitites which is a word i may or may not have made up i think i might have done okay with it or at least come close but that's pretty much it that's what i would do in any of those uh where else and that's it right customaya mahogany bay and cozumel you got a good cruise lined up there travis i am very very jealous and yes hopefully your words are true when you say, keep on keeping on. There is light at the end of this shutdown tunnel. And with that, we're out of here. We'll do the best we can to stay on schedule. But in the meantime, check out the Facebook group. Join the Facebook group if you're new to the show. Join our group. Hang out with us. It is the Always Be Booked Cruise and Travel Lounge on Facebook. And then if you feel so inclined... Check me out on the Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash always be booked. And you can get two extra shows a week and you can support everything we do here. Instagram, always be booked and YouTube, always be booked. You guys are the best. Boat drinks, cones. There's a place where the boat leaves from. It takes away I love your big problems, you got worries, you could drive them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Take one part sand, one part sea, and one part shade of a nine on tree And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot and I know this is the place for me Get away to where the boat leaves from, it takes away I love your big problems, you got worries, you could drive them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from, Jimmy Perfectly good island somewhere Well, all ride the boats and don't grab your coat You won't need it where we are going Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You could worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Pick me up Pick me up Pick me up Put me down, down in the sand where it's cool Put me down, and when I fall on my stool Put me down, I'll just leave there till morning comes round With sunshine, ten ladies, and pina coladas And Bob Marley songs that I'm playing 
There's a song in my ear that I want you to hear. Soft tropical lips that are singing. Get away to where the boat leaves from. It takes away all of your big problems. You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean. But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from. So get away. To where the boat leaves from, it takes away all of your big problems. You got worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean, but you gotta get away to where the so get away to where the boat leaves from. It takes away all of your big problems. You got worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean, but you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from.